and welcome back to the Key Arsenal podcast. It's episode 86 today. I'm your host, Matthew Key, and I'm delighted to be joined by two lovely co-hosts this evening. We've got Dad and Madeline. How are you both doing? Good, thank you. Good, thank you. Good, good. Again, Carl has Cockfosters GTs tonight, so we'll, we'll let him off. Um, that's why he can't can't be here this evening. Uh, well, in the words of Coldplay, um, nobody said it was going to be easy. And um, I think it was quite easy um, and quite understandable to, to get a bit carried away with how well most things have gone this season, as it's been so enjoyable and well again not e- not easy but comfortable throughout but we always sort of knew that there was going to be tough times coming and since sort of the the halfway mark um we'd certainly found that with obviously the games against Everton Brentford um and then of course last Wednesday but in these sort of things, it's important to remember that it's a, a marathon, not a sprint. And that, as we've said the last couple of weeks, the most important thing is how you bounce back from a defeat, a draw, whatever it is. And I don't know about you. I would start with um, you, Madeline. That the sort of response we saw from in the game against Aston Villa is not something that we've seen from an Arsenal team in a very long time. No, um, I think it was, barring the first five minutes, a very good response. I don't think I was probably the only one that, when Ollie Watkins scored inside said five minutes, that thought, oh, God, this is really where the season's all going wrong. Um, But the fight and the commitment to continue to perform at a level, um, even when those levels have dropped, to just find a way. And I did think we played well against Villa. Um, yeah, I, I probably maybe haven't seen, for me personally, in an Arsenal team ever. Um, obviously, I know it's been there. I, I haven't been around to watch it. Um, yeah, I think it. There, there was more than just winning that game. It was a, the way we won that I think could be really significant. Um, and the the togetherness that was still on show throughout all of it in the City game, in the Villa game, from fans to players, manager to players, fans to manager, I think was really significant in both of those games. I mean, Granit Xhaka has successfully managed to celebrate with the coaching staff and his own teammates to the third goal, which was really impressive because every time I saw the third goal, I thought... Where the hell has he come from? Um, but yeah, it's it it was a needed response, and it was especially the second half a performance that 
maybe made you believe again if you'd lost a little bit of that belief that it was all going to come crashing down. Not that I will admit to that, but when we went 1-0 down, I was sort of fearing the worst, especially having, about 10 minutes prior, read some stat that we'd never beaten an Unai Emery team, other than ourselves, obviously. But, um, yeah, it was definitely a much-needed response and an equally impressive one, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Um, Dad, for you, it was sort of a, it was another type of victory ticked off. We've seen comeback victories. Um, think of the United game only a couple of weeks ago. The West Ham game, um, <coughs> right after the World Cup. So we've seen the the comeback victories, but I think what Madeline says there, sort of the the week we we're having, it had sort of almost shifted from a head in the head in the title race to then City getting back on top to almost when we went behind against Villa looking like it, it could be over in in a matter of days really yeah I'm sort of with Madeline I mean when we went one down I thought oh what is going on I think the second bit, again, like you, Madeline, I noticed, I don't know what you'd call it, the, the team spirit, whatever you want to describe it. It's when Tommy had messed up, people went straight to Tommy. When Gabrielle had messed up, people went over to Gabrielle. Um, Saturday, they just picked themselves up, got themselves together and, and went in search of an equaliser. And to do it, not once, twice, because when you've conceded the second one, you really could, after the last few games, start feeling sorry for yourself. I think says an awful lot about them. And I would have said, certainly 12 months ago, away from home, we'd have gone behind, not once, twice. Absolutely no way we'd have got anything out of the game. And I, I, I never look at an away game at Villa, no matter how they're playing, as an easy game, especially if you go behind at Villa, because they've got quite a good crowd, and the crowd get behind the team, even when they're not having their best times, I'm going to say. And I think, you know, you, you, you've obviously gone into the game. You've got to dust yourself down from the Saturday before. And they probably walked off the pitch and thought, I'm sure he was offside. And then they've all watched whatever and gone, yeah, he really was offside. Not once, both of them, twice. So they're aggrieved. They've played, quite, they've played really well for 45 minutes against City. And then been on the end of... 3-1, having given City two goals. The, you know, the third goal is a, is a really good goal. Not much you can say or do about it. So you have to pick yourself up to go one down again and away from home and to come back. Says says an awful lot about, I think, team spirit, 
togetherness. What it, however you describe it, it says a lot about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll t- just go come back to to Wednesday and the and the Man City game. Um, Madeline, for you, how how even do you think the the game was, and do you think it that sort of those two mistakes that obviously City punished and and led to their first two goals? Do you think that sort of a bit like I suppose the the Villa game that well, there was a lot of talk about. Oh, it, was, it wasn't a four-two game; it was m- much closer than that. Do you think it, it was like that, where three-one for City, it, it looks fairly comfortable, but those those two goals that that we gave away, s- silly thing to say, but could could have could well have been very very different. Yeah, 100%. I wouldn't say 3-1 flattered City, especially in the second half. I thought they were far the better side and I thought we were quite poor in the second half. Um, Obviously, as you say, you know, maybe those mistakes, a little bit of naivety, a little bit of inexperience, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, If you go sort of player for player... Are those City defenders going to make those mistakes? Maybe not. But on another day, you might find that you're the ones on the end of... or on the receiving end of two defensive errors. And, you know, that that's how, I guess, those games sort of go. Um, so, I, w- I, I think... I definitely felt like when we went in at half-time at 1-1, we, we deserved to be drawing... I thought it was a very even game for the first half, but I do think the second half maybe they they maybe just their experience in those sorts of situations. Um, and, and as you say, you know when when you make a mistake, and as well when it's your second of the game, I think that probably it makes you a bit nervous to do anything. Maybe as a player, I think we we didn't really pass out from the back after that, from what I remember. Um, we sort of tried to go long, which I think then played into their hands, etc. So I, I think it it was a day that we weren't quite at it. They weren't at their best, but unfortunately for us, maybe they're not quite at our best is better than our not quite at our best, even if we could match them best for best. Um, but as you say, you know, Ramsdale wasn't flooded with saves and if it wasn't for those two mistakes we probably would have come away with the draw and probably a completely different perspective on the whole game because I think when you make two defensive errors you really think about it not being a good performance if that makes sense I did yeah so I, th- I think we probably definitely we, we deserve to lose uh, 2-1 3-1 I, I don't necessarily think 3-1 flattered them they were clinical. Um, yeah, it, it was probably probably that we've probably learnt more from that game than any other game this season, though. Um, in terms of the level we want to be at, and in terms of, I can't see any of those players making those mistakes again. That I can't see if Tommy Asu does come back into the side him not kicking that ball out ever again. Uh, Gabrielle might just, 
you know, put his foot through it or whatever. So they've probably learned a lot. Arteta's probably learned a lot. Um, but as Dad said, you you learn a lot about how those players trust each other. And not only that, I thought, especially after the first goal, when the whole crowd was singing Tommy's name, I did sort of think to myself, that is a mistake reminiscent of three, four years ago, but that's not a reaction reminiscent of three or four years ago. Um, and that probably epitomised the culture that now surrounds the club. So I wouldn't say it was an all doom and gloom day, even though I have to admit I was quite doom and gloom. Um, but I, I wouldn't say 3-1 flattered them. Um, but, yeah. Dad, do you agree with that comparison? Yeah, I'm not... I'm not madly not. I think the first half we were, I'm going to say, marginally the better side. I mean, that the Bruyne's, the Bruyne's finish is unbelievable. Um, but you, and you can look and say, did. Did Edison really make any saves? You you thought you didn't even think it was a penalty, Matthew. If you when you and I were sitting watching, um, I would describe it as a soft penalty. But and Eddie had two half chances with his head. Um, and maybe he should have done better than he did, but two one three one. Don't think there's much in it. I probably sat at the end and thought, did we really deserve to lose three one? But if you give somebody two goals, you probably do. Um, yeah. So as I say, I think the important thing for me was. You picked yourself up. That's your first home defeat. You'd had a disappointment the Saturday before. And you managed to win away from home the following Saturday. Now, again, was it 4-2? The second half, we were by far the better side Saturday. Um, Villa had a couple of breakaways. Uh, generally, that's what they were relying on. I didn't quite work out why they were playing like that, but there you go. But they were, you know, Saturday wasn't 4-2 probably. Wednesday wasn't 3-1. Swings and roundabouts probably, probably come out of it slightly better than I thought. Would have been nice to get something from City, but we didn't, so... It's the way it goes. Yeah, just quickly, just last thing on the on the city game. What do you think Arteta would have made of it when he sort of watched it back, stopped, stopped, and had a think about it? Because obviously, we said that after the the FA Cup game, 
he'd have been quietly happy even though we lost because overall it was pretty good performance and certainly I, with the two teams City were were the the stronger team so to only lose one nil which an overall pretty good performance Arteta would have taken some encouragement from what do you think you'd have made of it of it on Wednesday then with the with the mistakes and the overall pattern of the game. I think I Arteta's think he, probably he fairly... been disappointed. I was going to say, he'd be positive about the first half display in both games. I think he'd be disappointed in the mistakes we made. And I think... I think he'd be disappointed that we can't seem to compete with them for 90 minutes we've more than competed with them in the first half of both games why can't you do it for 90 minutes what what did they do different in the second half twice not saying they did the same thing that made them so on top if you take the other side of it the second half of the FA Cup game at City party went off and we definitely dropped off Wednesday we didn't have party at all um, and we didn't have Jesus so could we be stronger potentially I think yes is that enough for us to be able to beat them I'm not Sure, because I, I can't think Madeline who they who was not playing for them Wednesday that would have been would normally be in the side. I can't think who was not playing. They they probably didn't have their preferred back four. Um, they I think they would have liked Stones uh, and they didn't play Laporte. Is that right, Matthew? Diaz played and Ake played Walker and obviously they had Bernardo Silva at left back who yeah. probably shouldn't have made it to half time in hindsight but it is what it is um, I, I think he would have been disappointed maybe with the respect we gave him in the second half We, for some reason the second half we got intimidated um, and I think that more than the mistakes, because I think he's quite understanding too. Mistakes happen, things happen. And obviously when you play... The, the, the Tommy Asu mistake, probably against any other team in the Premier League, probably actually doesn't get punished, other than maybe if it falls to Kane, because it is such a difficult finish. Um, it probably doesn't happen against many other teams, um, because... There's no one as scary as probably Erling Haaland running behind you. Um, so I, I think he would be understanding. Obviously, there's an annoyance in the mistakes, but mistakes are a lot easier to get out of a game, to erase from someone's game than a general lack of being able to perform uh, or lack of defensive structure or whatever. Um so I, I've no doubt he would have taken positives from it. Um, but 
probably would have been disappointed on the whole of once we'd got ourselves back in the game, we didn't then try and capitalise on it rather and sort of just allowed them to to dictate the game. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think I agree with all of that. Um, yeah, I think you're certainly right about the the De Bruyne thing. I mean, it was an absolutely ridiculous finish. You just the thing is, it, it was one of those where as soon as he hit it, you could tell he got the the elevation right and the little bit of curl on it to to take it in. I don't know what it what it would look like in the in the stadium, but it was sort of the perfect angle of it. On the on the telly, um, yeah. I I I. When you say about the the respect, Madeline, I thought I don't I don't want to criticise, but I thought the the crowd were were really nervy for whatever reason. It sort of seemed like um, as soon as Man City started putting pressure on, because it was Man City, that was that was different to every other team, and it meant we couldn't. Or people didn't want us to continue to play out from the back and go through the lines and how uh, how we've played all season. It's because it's Man City play different, so it got a bit panicky. And I think that that did re- reflect on the players. And certainly for the second goal, Gabriel would probably normally back to goal, just just play play it nice and calmly back to Ramsdale. We build from there, but it was sort of oh, just get rid of it and. What happened from there happened. So, yeah, I think it's just one of those things. <laughs> you do have to give credit to Man City because the pressing in their second half was so good from them that any team would have would have struggled to to deal with it. And I suppose you'd say that on our point of view, we were unlucky that it's a Man City team that hasn't been playing particularly well. But yeah, when it came against us, especially that second half though they were absolutely excellent. How how do you think the 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 players would have felt after that game and then knowing they had to go to a a tricky game against Villa or what was it, Artest said seventy odd hours later. Do you know, it was one that mentally would have would have left the the players really tired and that's maybe why we saw a couple of changes um coming for that that villa game ironically i think they would have wanted that game i think i mean i i'm not in their minds but i would imagine after a difficult run of fixtures or a difficult run of games you just want to get back to winning and playing well. I think it probably helped it was away from home, ironically, because maybe it takes the pressure off a little bit more. Um, they looked like... There, were, there was obviously a relief at the Jorginho goal that I think probably Odegaard epitomised more than every other player on that pitch because he thought, thank God he's made up for that miss earlier on. Um yeah, but I, I think it keeps the momentum. Yes, probably, I think Ben White was always going to come back in the side, whether the game was 72 hours away or seven weeks away. Um, I think probably Trossard had been knocking on the door for a start anyway. 
Um, so they were probably changes that would have happened whether the, there was a City game in between or not or whether we'd gone straight from Brentford. Um, but I think maybe Arteta felt the need that it just needed a bit of a refresher and a bit of a reminder that if the performances do drop below a level, there is no guarantee of said starting place, which I, which I thought I liked. Um, so, yeah, I, I think probably the, the speed of the game... The, the the speed at which the game came, even though probably Arteta did have a bit of a moan about, he was probably quite grateful for as well because it means you really do have to move on. Um, so I think maybe in a way it did help us and having that early game being able to put the pressure on. Obviously that didn't work against Everton, but being able to put the pressure on City to then have to go and get a result. Um, I think was probably more important than we originally gave credit for. Yeah, interesting. Dad, do you agree with that? I, I do sort of agree with Madeline that probably playing first, and, and it's easy to say in hindsight because City drew later on, but if, if we'd have if City had played first and won, there's a different sort of pressure on you. Um, to to play first and to win, you know, it, it, I'm not saying it's a free swing, but it's whatever we get out of the game puts a bit of pressure on the other team. And, let, and I keep saying to you, Matthew, we've still got to go to Forest which I don't think will be an easy afternoon for us either. But And I'm with Madeline as well. In a way, being at home, I don't think would have helped us, especially if we'd have gone one down. Um, So I think playing away, playing early, pick yourself up from Wednesday night. You haven't had a lot of time to think about it. Just go in there and do what you can do. So, yeah, I think it might have helped us in a way, Matthew. Ironically, although I wasn't very happy that we'd played on a Wednesday night and then on a Saturday lunchtime, but... Who knows? I'm sure it happens to every team. I just don't see it. I'm sure I only see it through my my own view that the fixtures aren't always right. Yeah, I mean, to to be fair to them, um, the Man City game was pretty shoehorned in there, so they probably had decided the um, Villa one before uh, the the City one was even scheduled. So yeah, no, I don't actually consider that, man. That's a, that's a very interesting point. I think it is bang on. I think if um, what could City have gone three above us then? And we, we talked about it last season and a bit this season, is that you'd always rather have the points on the board than, than the games in hand. You you look at it very very differently with the with the points rather than rather than the games. Um, 
but yeah, as you said, um, Dave, I think it was you. After five minutes, we we're sitting there, sort of head in head in hands again, and it really did sort of feel like it was could could have been a, a breaking point in the in the season. Um, Madeline, talk talk to me about that. The the, the first goal, the the finish from Bakayo. I mean, he was he'd already was wound up at that point because of the relentless kicking of him that started on Wednesday, as you mentioned earlier, with Bernardo Silva and continued um, throughout the Villa game, but especially in that in that first 15 minutes. Um, he took all of his anger out on that ball, didn't he? I think that was an accumulation of the entire season's anger because I don't think the kicking started on Wednesday night against Man City. Uh, I think I did read a stat earlier, something about every 10 fouls on Saka, someone gets booked. Something ridiculous like that. Um, I think there's been 40 fouls on him and four players have been booked or something. Um, Well, once I did eventually manage to see the goal, which was three minutes after the BT Sport commentary had told me it had gone in because the stream was so bad... um, I thought it was a really good finish. Um, as you say, probably did take out an amount of anger. Um, I mean, that we we spoke a few weeks ago about how good he was, and we probably haven't spoken about him since. Um, but the just the the technique to. Oh, not not because it's not placed, but the technique to keep it down, yet get it out of the. Because Martinez is not small. Um, in fact, he's got quite a long wingspan. Um, so I just the reaction to the ball coming out and him acknowledging that he hasn't got time to take a touch and he's just got to lash at it, but to keep it down is so difficult. Um, and yeah, I think he he spoke a few years ago. Was it a few years ago? Maybe last year, about wanting to be the player, what the player that we looked to, um, and he is exactly that. Um, I also read some stupid stat about how many of his goals this season, I think six of his goals this season or something, have been to put us in the lead or to equalise. Um, so, yeah, he is a special player, but that finish was unreal um, and probably then set the tempo for how we were going to play for the rest of the game. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And then it was that, that goal. You thought hopefully we'll be okay now because after the the goal, we haven't really done much. Then they pull out some. We're well, a bit of bad pressing from us. They pull out some Barca 2011 type sweeping move um, where Jack has been done by a really clever little dummy, and uh, they've. Nice finish from Coutinho as well, and of course that was his first goal. Not just goal of the season, goal contribution of any any type, which is so Arsenal. Um, 
What what do you think the message would have been at half time, Dad? Do you think it would have been well, obviously step it up slightly, but just that reminder not not to panic too much and that if you if we play how we're capable and how we know we're capable, we'd be absolutely fine. I'd probably say it's that latter message, Matthew. Don't panic. Play as you know you can play and you'll be fine. I mean, they'd scored, in fairness, but both goals were quite good goals. Um, I would have said that the defending wasn't great from us on either, but that sounds a bit unfair because the, the little ball inside and then Wendy, the 40-something million pound man we were told we all needed a couple of years ago. Um, good little dummy, step over the ball. And in fairness to Coutinho, good finish. I mean, did they do much else? Not really. But, um, and having scored, we were, mar- I would have said, marginally the better side, having scored to equalise. Um, yeah, I think it's just believing yourselves, isn't it? I think that's probably Artessa's message that you can do it. You just got to believe you can do it. And again, that's probably where someone like Zinchenko comes in, who's actually, I don't know how many of those games where he's been at City and they've won the league and towards the end, was it the last game last season they won it? In the last game, having been behind to Villa of all teams. I'm not sure what other games he's been involved in, but he's probably been involved in a few where it's just a matter of if you keep playing and you keep trying, going as you can, you'll win. Someone like him. I think that's the important thing, really important thing. Forget his ability with the ball and everything else. Sometimes somebody just having been there, seen it, done it, bit of belief and, and being on the pitch probably helps. I would also say it probably, I'm a big Thomas Party fan when he's 100% fit, but Jorginho, having him on the pitch as well, he never looks like a bloke who's going to panic. He never looks like a bloke who's going to be flustered. And him... And Zinchenko, both won quite a lot, probably helps us, in my opinion. Well, it was interesting, wasn't it? Because this is in a DU dial at all, because everyone's got their own opinion, everyone sees, sees the game differently. But Zinchenko had had far from his best half and in the first half um, you've even suggested that bringing Tierney on off the bench for for Zinchenko might might give us a different um, option obviously Tierney bit play a bit bit wider than Zinchenko made the coming in inside wasn't um, helping as as much in the first half how so how much does that show about what you're saying that sort of individual belief but also the the sort of as I say that the whole team had a bit of a difficult t- time and then 
to to not have your your best half in the in the next game. What, what did you have about about his his ability and how much he cares that he's able to not only score a really nice goal but the second half just be absolutely superb. As I say, I think some of it is he he is a very, very, very talented footballer. And I probably didn't realise quite how good a footballer he was till I watched was it Ukraine play Scotland last summer? And he played in midfield. And I'd never really seen that ability in him. Um And whether that's because City, with the team they've got, the squad they've got, that and and the 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 ability of some of the individuals they've got. I mean, you'd be you'd have to be an absolute fool if you got De Bruyne on your side, not to be looking to get the ball to De Bruyne as quickly as you can, and then you sort of supplement it with. Gundogan or Bernardo Silva, you know, to a lesser extent, Grealish, Foden. But but you look at those players, and they're all phenomenally talented. So so maybe I hadn't noticed what a good footballer he is. He's clearly got belief in what he what he what ability he's got. And I think, yeah, I'm going to almost say he's got a determination as well to, I'm not say prove Pep wrong, because I don't think that's really what I'm I'm trying to say. But, you know, he, he didn't get as much playing time as probably he deserved at City, as I say. They have a massive squad. They've got, players here, there and everywhere with enormous ability. But he's proved or proving to people he's got not only the ability, but I'm going to say some leadership in him and belief. And I think that's probably the biggest difference this year because those games towards the end of last season, when, when, things went against us I'm not saying we collapsed like a deck of cards but we conceded one, two very quickly and yeah we've lost 3-1 to City were we battered? no Um, did we deserve to win? probably no but we with players like him in that squad or team, I think it just adds more than just their ability. That's what I'm trying to say. Go on, Madeline. I, I think you need that. You need characters. You need leadership. You need play, players that the the others can look at and go he he'll step up and i will then perform at the level that he's going to do and people lead in different ways and i think maybe 
modern football's got lost in in a way of of what a meant a leader's meant to be because people expect someone to be screaming and shouting and ordering people around and probably Odegaard's shown a lot of people that it comes differently to just someone ordering people around. Um, I think the way that someone like Jorginho leads, Odegaard leads in a different way to Zinchenko where you, you probably do see Zinchenko shout a little bit more and you still need those characters and you need those people that are going to tell people what to do and let you know if they don't think you're doing your job well enough. Um, but it's about in those moments where your team needs someone to step up, especially when, as you said, he didn't have a great first half. Um, and he didn't. He hasn't had a, a fantastic few weeks he wasn't great against City. He made a mistake quite early on where he, for some reason, started dribbling inside his own box. Um, and and we said against Brentford, he, he wasn't fantastic. Um, but it's about just in those split moments. And quite often when we've spoken about City, you talk about De Bruyne, you talk about Bernardo Silva, just those players that can turn a game in an instant and just even if things aren't quite going their way changing what's going to happen and taking it upon themselves to be the person that says actually no I know I'm a level above everyone else on this pitch and I'll prove it to you in this way and that's it's that form of leadership that you know people can say what they like about whether he's celebrated or not blah 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 um it, it's not only a fantastic finish, um, it's an absolute joke of a finish, but it, it's about that dragging your team, not because we were playing badly, but we needed something from somewhere. And it it just looked like he said, do you know what, I'll be your man. I'm... I'll be the one that's going to get us out. You know, we're going to get, come away from here with something. Um, and I think those characters are probably the characters we've lacked. We've probably over time had players that can scream, that can shout, because anyone can scream and anyone can shout. Um, just having those people that are going to then translate that into or onto the pitch and onto actions rather than just words and emotion I would say yeah yeah I absolutely agree with that um another one of those um dad and you'd probably say he's had a quiet couple of games by his standards was um our, our captain Mr Erdegaard uh who sort of grew into the game as it uh, went forward uh, put uh, put in Eddie with a lovely pass just after it was 2-2 um, which Eddie Eddie put over and it, at that point it sort of felt like we we were gonna find find a find a way to win it but as as the game went kept going on and kept having lot lots of possession kept 
kept pushing. Sort of, it, it did. It did feel like it. It could be one of those ones where you would just have to accept the point. And it, I mean, it wouldn't have been a wouldn't have been a bad point by any means coming from behind twice to get something. But is again with with what what gone on and the the form that we've been on, it would have felt like another as another dis, disappointing result. And it did feel that when Eddie pressed and laid it on a plate to him, it did feel like that that was the moment and that was that was the chance gone, didn't it? Yep. Yep. Now on Martin Odegaard's number one fan, but I have to say I'm not quite sure how he missed his opportunity. But what I would say, I'm with you, Matthew. I thought he was a little bit disappointed against Brentford and again against City um, and and Everton. But second half Saturday, he, he looked a little bit more like him, like himself. Um, finding finding a bit of space, so and a little bit of skill before he put the pass through to Eddie. Yep. Maybe he's just had a little dip and he's on his way back. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the way he was playing up the first few games after the World Cup, he was he was probably the the best um, player in the in the league for for a few games. So, no sort of surprise that a bit like the whole team really that eventually gonna gonna level out somewhat. But yeah, certainly back to his best, especially the the second half um, Saturday. Uh, it sort of then then became. A bit as the as the commentators love to use, a bit basketbally, where a uh, bit bit end to end. And although we were the team mainly on top, Villa really dangerous on the the counter attack. And I mean, I, I don't think there was anything he could have done about the Brentford goal the week before, the three goals against Man City, um, the first two Villa goals. But when he had a he had a, to save something that Aaron Ramsdale made an absolutely unbelievable save that certainly won us the the three points on or helped helped keep it to all at that point. Yeah, I mean it is ironic, you know, whatever I think or don't think the Brim the Brentford goal, whether it's a good goal or a bad goal. Well, he didn't actually do a lot in the game. City, don't think there was much he can do. I mean, he had enough sense not to clatter De Bruyne, which was a good move. Um, and like I say, the first two, the Villa goals, not much he can do about it. Just to get your hand there and to tip it onto the bar. Yep. That's probably the moment that won us the the three points. Um, you know. So fair play to Aaron. Nice to 
nice to see, you know, something. And I'd, I'd said to you, you know, City had probably had three shots, Villa had had two, five shots against us, and all, all five had gone in. Um, so, yeah, he, he stopped something, and um, there you go. The importance of a decent goalkeeper. Cast your mind back to when you were young. Would Al Munia have made that save? Don't even get me started. I'm getting flashbacks just just thinking about it. And while while we're on the the topic of um, goalkeepers, we watched our our old goalkeeper and this <coughs> Emmy Martinez business. I have to say, he was someone that I had no problem with um, when he wanted to leave. He didn't think he was going to get playing time. Fair enough. He wanted to leave. Wish him all the best. When he started then bringing up Arsenal in interviews and stuff like that, I thought it was a bit weird, a bit petty. And then the the antics at the weekend, it was quite embarrassing. I mean, Villa were well in that game, really, all the way through. And every opportunity he was given, he was holding on to the ball as much as possible. I don't know how he didn't get booked in the first half when, as I say, Villa were, were more than in the game. It was so weird to watch. Um, and then to watch Ramsdale make a brilliant save at, at one end. And then in six minutes of added time, a lot of which was caused by him time-wasted, for the ball to hit him on the crossbar and go in... Madeline, that was one of the most beautiful moments ever and absolute karma, wasn't it? Yes, I think... I I don't really know what I did at the time because I sort of just couldn't really believe what had happened. One, I was still struggling to recover from the shock that one of our players had finally had a shot. Um because I think I'd spent the last four passes screaming, why does no one ever have a shot? Um, Which I think I've done over quite a few games recently. Um, And there are just some things in life that are meant to be. And Emmy Martinez scoring an own goal is one of them, specifically against us, because... Look, I'm sure if he's your goalkeeper, you're a big fan of him. I'm sure, unless your name is Unai Emery, everyone associated with Aston Villa really likes the bloke. But I can't think of many better endings to that game other than a shot cannoning off the crossbar and smacking him in the back of the head and going in. Um, I just... Of moments I'll remember from this season, that will probably go in the top five. Um, Because moments don't get better than that one. Um, But, yeah, it it was just... It was just perfect. 
There was no two ways about it. He, as you say, he had actually outdone Nick Pope for amount of time wasted by Premier League goalkeepers against us this season. He was so far clear of Nick Pope. You know, Nick Pope could barely lace his boots. But he was just, just knowing that that was... I feel like that period... For, for Arteta must have been so unbelievably satisfying because he got a lot of stick for letting Martinez go and then spending £35 million on Aaron Ramsdale. And probably that game epitomised why. Um, and it was just wonderful. Um, and for the first time, it was one of those own goals. Normally with an own goal, I think, oh, I'd really rather our player got given that. There was not a single part of my body that wanted that to be given to any Arsenal player other than for it to be written down as an Emmy Martinez own goal. However, BBC Sport, I didn't appreciate your notification that came in three minutes late and I didn't really have time to clock what it said, but it said Arsenal Aston Villa goal Emmy Martinez and I thought no way, no way has he redeemed himself at the other end. He had not. Um, I was also going to put in a special shout-out for Gabriel's tackle at 2-2 just after Ramsdale had made that save that he could have got extremely wrong or could have not made or done I don't know what, but he did it perfectly. Um, So he deserves his credit um, for that tackle. But just... If I could have picked a winner... Emmy Martinez as an own goal would probably have been the one. If someone had mentioned it to me, I would have gone for. If there was a multiple choice sheet, I would have ticked the box four times. So that should teach him a lesson. And hopefully, maybe, probably won't, um, stop a little bit of time wasting because it normally only comes back to bite you in the backside. Um, But yeah... Yeah, excellent to bring up that Gabriel tackle. I sort of it didn't get included on any of the the highlight packet yet. So even though I had remembered it, I yeah just sort of went went by me. Also, I don't know, quite know how he managed to, but Fabio Vieira's running back, not facing the ball, did eventually achieve something because it did somehow force the bloke to have a have a shot that was a bit bit speculative and not as good a position as he could have found himself in so yeah somehow that was a a bit of good defending and dad just as as what Madeline says there when you add that to the fact that he was at fault for both of our goals when we played them at home and then in trying to redeem it redeem himself he left his goal completely unguarded for us to score another and then got shouted at his manager for for doing it. I mean, it, it's just one of those things you you couldn't you couldn't have written it any better. I, I actually think my highlight is Fabio Vieira's celebration as he's passed the ball to Martinelli because he's sort of half on the ground celebrating before the ball's in the net. So yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I quite like Martinez. 
I, I don't have a problem with him. I, people moaned when we let him go. Did we? Did we let the right one go? Did we let the wrong one go? Oh, probably. He he wanted guaranteed first team football. You know, good luck to the bloke. I have no problem, but I have to say, his time wasting, and even when he's been booked, it makes no difference. Um, so a little bit of justice because probably the six minutes was probably four and a half minutes of it was him continuously time wasting. He's obviously spent a lot of time with Ben Foster in the past, studying him how to waste time. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. A bit harsh on Ben Foster. He does come across as quite a likable bloke, unlike um, Martinez. But I will agree that he did love a bit of bit of time wasted. Um, quick. One of you shout shout out for Jorginho as well, because obviously he was someone that came. A lot of people weren't happy because we weren't prepared to let Brighton walk all over us and sign sign Caicedo. But he's coming. Actually, thought he was one of our better performances performers against City, and then again against Villa. Just. As you said earlier, Dad was one of those that really showed showed his experience. And yeah, you're absolutely right what you said about you wouldn't want the goal to go be anyone but Martinez's Madeline. But it's also lovely that the Chelsea fans are absolutely slating this bloke, and he's come and played with us for a few games, and and looks a really really capable player. Yeah, I. I... I have to admit, and you know probably better than anyone, Matthew, I probably had a few reservations about Jorginho. Um, just because I feel like maybe he's one of those players that until he's playing for the team you support, you don't really notice what he does, other than foul people, which is normally when it's against you really annoying. Um, and ironically, he hasn't done that much of it in an Arsenal shirt. Um, I did think he was really good against Man City. Um I thought, I, I was a bit concerned he was going to become a bit of a scapegoat for a few Arsenal fans because we hadn't actually won a game since he arrived, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought, I just thought what he, what he does, it's not simple, but it's... He doesn't. He doesn't necessarily try and overcomplicate things. And and as I say, that's not to make it simple. It's not a sideways pass all the time. That he's always looking for a forwards pass. But I don't feel as though he forces it. Um, and I thought it was. I I did. I thought it was really good against Villa. Um, uh, I don't know if either of you saw the interview he gave before the Villa game, and I messaged you straight away, Matthew, and I said those bloody interviews have done it again because now I really like the bloke. He came across really well. Um, yeah, just, just, I think as well the way he seems to have settled into the side. They all seem to really like him. Arteta obviously really likes him, really trusts him. Um, so I. Thus far, I can't have any complaints. He's not perfect, and he's not as good as his... And he's not a Chelsea legend, Madeline. ...counterpart. He's not a Chelsea legend. 
But if we said when Trossard signed, if if those signings can just contribute towards three, six, however many points, just the little bits that just make a little bit of difference. And obviously we said last year, January signings, we didn't make any. And we were happy at the time that we hadn't just thrown money at someone. But you just need a little something to be able to bolster the squad. And I think he's been a really good addition. I think as well, Trossard's been a really good addition. So can't have any complaints. And I'll, no, I'm with absolutely. you, Matt. I, I, I mean, go on, Dab. I was about to say he's 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 one of them players. You you're right. You don't notice all of what he does until he plays for you. And I think you, me, Matthew are tainted by that display when Chelsea mugged us off a couple of years ago. And he shouldn't have been on the pitch because he's committed eight or nine fouls. They're the ones that got blown up for and he's getting away with it but when when you watch him you're right he's he's actually looking to pass forward more than you think but what you tend you tend to not see when when he's playing against you or watching match of the day or something on sky you think oh he, he just passes sideways well he's one of those players that will keep the ball moving. He'll pass it sideways and drop back and pick it up and look for some space rather than trying for the, you know, 40-yard wonder ball over the top. He'll, he'd rather keep the ball as a team than, than lose the ball. Um, it's quite quite interesting. And, and it, you know, I am, I am concerned Party's injured and I'd like to see Party back because we've got a Saturday, Wednesday, but the other side of you sort of goes, well, at least this guy looks like he can play. So he's not Thomas Party, you know, physically, he hasn't got that, that Party's got. But last year, when, when we lost anybody for any length of time, even a game, we were really struggling. You look at, Trossard, who I thought did all right actually Saturday. Um, you look at Jorginho, they both come in, they both contributed in, in the two games. I mean, I don't know when the, the other guy will get his Kuyor, however you say his name, will get his chance. Um, but it will come, and hopefully. He's a, he's another good signing, and if you look at it, we spent I don't know how long chasing the guy from the Ukraine, and I don't blame Shakhtar for holding out and wanting more money, I'd, and getting the maximum they can get. But we've bought three players in. We're probably paying more in wages now than we would have done for the one player, but overall we've spent less money, so. Um, we shall see. But I think Jorginho will become even more important over the next few weeks when you come to 
whoever we get in the Europa League, which is that this, is that draw this Friday, Matthew? Yeah, this this Friday yeah. after the well, United game and and what have you. Yeah, I mean, I I think I can I can see him being a bit like Thiago Silva actually at at Chelsea at the minute where he's signed. You thought well, that's only going to be a couple of years, but I mean, I hope we're not that reliant on him as Chelsea are on Thiago Silva. Remarkable that a team that has spent that amount of money is so reliant on a 37 year old centre back. They've given him another contract. But I I could see him. Being, being that sort of figure in the team, certainly in terms of the dressing room and a leadership sense. So, so we'll have to see. But yeah, like liking what I'm seeing from him in the early stages. And as you said, Madeline could have, if if he'd not started well, it could have got got a bit ugly for him. So it's it's nice that it has, and hopefully, hopefully that will continue. Um, the weekend then, uh, Leicester, another away game, another Midlands. Uh, trip um a team that seemed to have either a really good run of form or really bad run of form there doesn't seem to be any in between they beat tottenham really heavily last time at home then were absolutely awful at the weekend against man united so no idea what what to expect from them um for us though saturday three o'clock again playing playing before city uh how, how do you do you think it's going to go? Do you think it's going to be one where they're going to be a bit more relaxed because we're we're back in front, or maybe the opposite? Maybe that the pressure will will increase once again. Who who knows? Matthew? I think. God, I'm going to say I, I, I can't, I can't predict because I've watched Leicester play really well recently, having been stinking the place out for weeks, and then out of, I, and I, in fairness, I didn't see the Man United game. Um, hard, they are a hard team to predict. Hard team to predict. Madison's back, which makes a massive difference to them. I think... Yeah, as Dad said, Leicester are quite a difficult team to predict. You don't really know what side's going to turn up. Um, obviously, Madison is their player. He's the one. I think if you keep him quiet, you give yourself a pretty good chance of coming away with three points. I think still defensively they're a bit frail. I think they're there to be got at. Uh, do they still play Luke Thomas, Matthew? Sometimes. Um, because, I mean, he is probably still recovering from the runaround Saka gave him last year because 
my god did he get a run around um it, they're definitely a team that obviously as you say they, they've obviously beaten spurs quite comfortably if if you sounds stupid if you go with the wrong attitude they probably will pick you apart um so what what i think is really important now is ideally a clean sheet um i think we we we're, we're sort of in need of a clean sheet just to get the defensive confidence back um i would say probably maybe Eddie needs a goal I don't think he's been as bad as everyone's made him out to to seem in recent weeks he maybe he's missed a few chances I think he's absolutely knackered um, it would be nice to see Smith Rowe get some minutes in a personal opinion I think as we enter a period of the season where we're going to have a lot of games and a lot of very important games. You obviously need as much of your squad as possible, and he's a massive, not only a massive part of that, but just having that extra rotational option. Um, yeah, I mean, they caused us problems last year. Ramsdale probably had one of his best displays in an Arsenal shirt last year um, <coughs> against Leicester. Um, they were poor against United, as Matthew said. But I thought United looked good, to be fair to them. Um, just pick them apart. If we can play as well as we know we can, I have no doubts about three points. I still think Danny Ward is a questionable goalkeeper. Um, but, yeah, still a difficult place to go. They, what, However I feel, whatever I think of the way they generate their atmosphere... There is one. Um, I wouldn't say it's an atmosphere that... We'll call it family-friendly, shall we? Um, but it, it's just... I, I do sit and think just every three, every game now is just three points you just need to get. It doesn't really matter how you get them. Yes, a nice performance would be nice. Yes, that clean sheet would be nice. Quite frankly, I actually don't care as long as we have three points by about quarter to five on Saturday. So, yeah, that's that's probably the way you've got to look at it. And yeah, just just get three points. I don't care how. Yeah, well, we've we've all sort of said there. Um, don't know what what how well they're going to play. We know certainly know the the style that they're going to play. Is that something that, I'd say, not not going to help us, but um, it's something that, that we might enjoy being able to sort of have the the freedom of the of the ball and not just have to have, play against 10 men behind the ball and just have to have to break that down, but it's going to be nice and open. And also, um, they've got they got a little FA Cup game on, on the Tuesday after. Do you, so do you think they're, bear in mind, they're not actually playing for anything in the league, really. That's something that maybe we've played <clears> a couple of teams at a bad time. This is this is one we've um, got at potentially a d- good time, Dad. I still think they're too, too near the 
the bottom to relax completely. If they were a few points better off, I think maybe they would do something Saturday, but they got Saturday, they got Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I, I don't I don't see them resting anybody. But what I would say is I don't see them playing with 10, 10 players behind the ball. I think they'll try and play front foot forward, which should help us. For you, Madeline. Well, I was just about to disagree with Dad about them not being in a relegation, about them being sort of still capable of going down. But I've actually realised there are actually only four points outside the relegation zone, um, which is... I've, they clearly, their start to the season was so bad that even some good form clearly hasn't got them that far clear. Um, I think... Yeah, I mean, I did. I did look. They've they've got, obviously got Blackburn in the cup. Um, like we talk about with momentum, they probably want the momentum, especially as we just said, they're quite inconsistent. I don't see them rotating that much because, as as I say, with, with it only four points, you sort of only need you sort of only really need West Ham to win and you to and them to lose. I don't know who West Ham have got. Um, Forest, um, for 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 you to really get dragged back, so it's probably too much of a risk. They won't dress the likes of Madison, Harvey Barnes, um, so I can see them probably going full strength. Um, as I say, just if you keep Madison quiet, you, you'll be fine. Um, Keeping Madison quiet is actually arguably quite difficult, but it's all right. So I'll put him in my fantasy team this week and hope he gets zero points. Um, yeah, it it would be a shame after the week we've had to drop points because now it really is about going on another. We've got we've got in the next few weeks some winnable games that. It, they might not define your season, but we quite often look back on seasons and we go, it was this game or these games. You don't want it to be this group of games. If you can just get that momentum, I can't remember when the next international break is, but we have winnable games prior to then. Just get through points and then think about pff, next week and just it's just got to become a cycle and I'm just... It, I, what I've noticed is being in a title race is exhausting. Has anyone else found that? Like, I feel so mentally drained. I, I, I would not... This is horrible, but it's amazing. But I just can't... It's just not at all how I expected it to be. Um, yeah, I've, I've decided it is actually horrible. Um, but, yeah, that just, as I say, just get three points... Sit, watch City, hope City drops some points. I think it's probably unlikely. I don't even know who they've got. I'll still decide it's unlikely. They got uh, Newcastle. It's very unlikely. They've got Bournemouth. Is it Bournemouth? Ah, 
Well, you know City are probably going to get three points then. So you have to. Um, and yeah, just you do your job. You let City do whatever they want and just hope that your job is enough, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say you know what you signed up for, but to be honest, I don't think anyone, any of us did know what, what we signed up for when we, start, when we started this title race. So it, it will be interesting. But yeah, I mean, I you're right about Leicester. They can't be too too careful, but there's definitely three worse teams than them. So, so we'll have to see. I mean, it's easy for us to say. If I was them, I'd be prioritising the FA Cup but yeah I don't know but yeah bang on I mean, you, you get to in the position we're in you get to weekends where you win games and you you finish it you're not happy because City have also won or, or whatever we've never never had that before so it's so it's very strange but yeah we we're in the position we're in and it's However horrible it might be, it's ultimately a good thing, and it'd be it'd be all worth it if we have um, something to show for it at the end of the season. That's how you how you gotta gotta keep looking at these sort of things. But yeah, that's that's going to be it from us. Two games dissected, one more looked at, and then a bit more bit simpler next week. Just one to review, and then. Uh, Bournemouth um, at home the following week to look at. But yeah, thank you both for joining me um, on this this evening. Um, Much appreciated. Thank you all for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week. Till then, goodbye.